Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to LiveDeliverance.com, your own blog, talkradio.com. My name is Pastor Steve Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Now, if you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or during any other times of the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times dates, and locations that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by federal agents. Now, having said all that, we can get down to the kingdom business at hand. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper. And if you have any questions or comments uh, about the ministry as we go through tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. So, if you would, join your hearts with me in a word of prayer as we sanctify our time together. Heavenly Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance take place in this time because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus, reveal to us the Father, and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. 
Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men, as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the Spirit and in the fullness of his grace. As we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirits and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, beloved, this is our part three of prepare uh, for the battle. Uh, last week there were some technical uh, difficulties, and uh, we apologize for any of you that came on looking for us and couldn't find us. But the uh, the the the, spot, the the whole radio station they had a, a storm in the in the eastern part of the country, and that took everything down. The internet server was down so that we couldn't get on. So we'll just go ahead and get into uh, the word of the day uh, right now and just allow God to make up some of that time. <laughs> Amen. I said this is to help us prepare for the battle. And um, like it or not, uh, you're in the battle. And God expects us to win. But in order to win, you must be prepared. Victory depends on preparation. Our preparation establishes our expectations, and it also gives clarity to our observations. The first thing that we should do is count the cost. I was just thinking a minute ago about people that have heard a promise from God and then went to run on that promise. Jesus taught us about that. In, in, in the parable of the sower that sows the word. And he says that after the word is sown, immediately the devil comes. Why? Because he wants to steal that word before you can use that word. He wants to make that word ineffective before you know how to utilize uh, uh, the, the benefit that comes from that promise. So it says that they, they received the word gladly, but after that persecutions and afflictions arose, for the word's sake, it says they gave up on it. See, so we, we need to, to know that the battle that we're in, uh, we, we need to know how to win. Prepare to win from the time you hear it. Sometimes people will hear a promise, and they like the promise, and they go uh, towards the promise, lean into the promise, if you would, but they didn't know that the things that the devil was going to do. They, they weren't looking for any persecution. They weren't looking for any affliction. See? Because the only reason that they gave up the word, as it said in, 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 says in Mark chapter 4, it says that they gave up the word because of the, because of the persecution and the afflictions. And then the word that, that they heard, that they, they just didn't have much root in themselves. There's five things that the devil can use. You know, uh, I, I want you to be prepared for that. Not just say, okay, you heard a good promise, and so since you heard a good promise, everything is going to be good. Let's, let's just look at this in, Matt, in Mark chapter 4. Okay, so, so, so that we can prepare our hearts for that. Some people, in particular, if you're talking to people that, that are uh, new in the Lord, then they don't know what to expect. So then when they experience these things, it looks like to them. Have you ever heard people say this? Things got worse when I came to God. 
I didn't know it was going to be this bad when I came to God. Beloved, it was this bad when you were without God. Now you have promise, and the promise can cause you to be sustained until the victory. Okay? But if you haven't prepared for the battle, you're going to give up, cave in, quit. And that's what the devil's counting on because after you give up, cave in, and quit, it's hard for you then to restart the thing because you don't have any confidence in it. Let's look at this. Uh, Mark chapter 4, and he's going to repeat the same things from verse 3 to verse uh, 9, but then he's going to explain the things to him, okay, to them. And verse 9, after he had said the, the, what's going to happen with the word, he's going to describe it for them, but they didn't hear it. They were dull of hearing. And in verse 9, he says some things, and then he's going to go back and teach it to them. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's put a pin in that. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He didn't say he that has ears and has heard. He said he that has ears, let him hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the first time you hear a thing is not going to be enough for you to sustain it in your life. Generally, what has to happen is you're going to have to replace whatever you were thinking prior, whatever you were believing prior with this word that you just heard. Now I'm trying to get you to prepare for the battle. You're going to have to displace something and put something in the place of that which you had prior. Or you're going to do what the children of Israel did. It says that they had an occasion to go back to the, 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 the bondage that they were in. See, they had that occasion. They, they, they knew what they can expect out of the, the, the hard knocks school. And so they decided, which is crazy, they decided to go back to the school of hard knocks. I mean, it would have been better for them to hold on to the word. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or whatever you hold on to in your heart is going to cause your life to be filled with that. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us to guard our heart with all diligence. Why? For out of that heart flows the issues of life. Okay? And if you have bad information in your heart, then your life is going to have to be lived from that bad information. It comes out of your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of that heart is going to be the issues of life. If you're not spending time guarding it, then you're going to have unprotected things that happen in your life. Troubles, if you would. Because the word that was sent was not protected. Watch this. Take heed, he said. He that has ears, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him about this parable. Jesus doesn't want us to be ignorant. If you will do what the disciples did, it says, 
and when he was alone, they had conversation. The ones that was with him and the twelve. They said, well, we didn't understand what you said. Notice Jesus was not mad because they didn't understand. He wants us to understand. But the requirements to understand, according to the scripture, is when they were with him, they asked. Okay? He said it. You can believe this, beloved. If they had not asked, they would not have positioned their heart to receive. You have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. That you can consume it upon your lust. You're going to have to give place by your interest in what God has said so that you can enjoy the benefits of what God has said. You have to show interest. If you just uh, treat it like Christmas socks that you didn't want no way, you just kind of throw them over your shoulders, you know, smile and, and, and do away with them because I didn't want to. I didn't want to do any work for for the for the benefit. I just wanted to get the benefit. <clears throat> I mean, beloved, we've got to understand that there is a cost that is associated with salvation. Jesus paid the cost, but you have to enter into that which He has provided. Okay, He causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. So let's 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 get that. It said he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, storms can bring you your position of heart and thought because it causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Those that are just look at rain and say, God is causing the blessing to be poured out all around me. The blessing is so big that it's going to be, it's in more places than I am right now. Because rain goes in places that you might not be standing in. Amen. See, if you're a, a, a person of faith, then you don't look at it as, as this is a bad thing. No, you look at rain and say, this is going to be the thing that's going to cause fruitfulness in my life. But if you're not paying attention to him, then all you're going to have is a bunch of storms. When he was with them, when he was alone with them. I mean, salvation is an invitation to all, but it is best walked out on an individual basis, one-on-one time with him. See, if you don't show the interest, if only time that you feel like you want to communicate with God is when you're in a, a church setting, in the midst of everybody, then you're going to be weak. Uh, it was a, 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 a slogan that said, seven days without prayer makes a very weak man because you didn't spend any time with the one who wanted to strengthen you, who wanted to establish you, who wanted to settle you. See? He, he, he needs that time with you one-on-one. And it should be a set time, not just a, a, a time when things go bad. Notice this. He gave them information. And it says when he, was, when he was alone, they that were with him, they that were about him, they that were interested in, in continuing to walk even when they didn't understand. 
evidently they did because they didn't understand what he just said, but they were still where? They were still with him in proximity. Amen. Just trying to get you to prepare for the battle. Okay? Then he said unto them, unto you it is given. Did he say unto you it will be given? No. He said unto you it is given. Okay? What was given? That you should know the mystery of the kingdom of God. I just saw this. He didn't say the mysteries, I-E-S. He said the mystery. Wow. So then he just gave us a clue. That which he has spoken at any time in your life is a mystery that will benefit you for life. Amen. Unto you is given. When was it given? Come on, y'all. Come on. It's just the first verse here, chapter four, says, "And he began, and he began again to teach." So then he's he's tying everything to his words, isn't he? He began again to teach. And after the teaching, then he said, unto you is given so that you will be able to do what? Know something. Become intimate with what was already given to you. See? Unto you is, is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them who are not, them that are without. Notice again, he's speaking specifically here to the ones that were with him. When he was alone, those that were with him, those that followed him after the good, exciting uh, 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 collection of people, those that, that, that purpose that they're going to follow and do, not just follow and try to enjoy mm. I mean, he's going to do things uh, to show people that he wants to bless everybody. He fed 5,000 men. I, I, and children and, 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 and wives were in that crowd, but they weren't in the count. So it was probably around 20,000 people. I could believe that if 20,000 people are eating, you probably have 20,000 happy people. Because it says that when he was feeding the 5,000, that they all ate till they was full. Amen. So then that, that, that shows us that he's interested in giving us the things collectively, but he's also interested in giving us the things individually. Because he, he got... He told them, he said, y'all coming after me because y'all liked the food. Because y'all was hungry, but you didn't walk with me, stay with me, learn from me. You just wanted to get fed. See? He, he talked to them about that. So then we've got to ask ourselves the questions, am I here because of my love for him? And when I love him, Jesus said, if you love me, you would keep my commandments. You would do what I say. See, he's the one that puts that disclaimer there. He's not mad at you because you didn't decide to spend more time with him. He was just saying, if you love me, you would prove that by causing your day to be ordered in such a way that I can talk to you more, that I can reveal more to you. 
when he was alone with them, he said unto them, Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them who are without, all these things are done in parables. Just as a question. The thing, the word was still spoken, but it was spoken in parables, wasn't it? And people, sometimes when they hear things that they didn't quite understand, they might not use it. But those that had purpose to, to continue to, to press in, he said, to you has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. What is the, what is the kingdom of God for them? Pushing in. That would be the mystery. That when you, can't, when, you, when you can't trace God, you know you can still trust him. You push in. That, that even though you might not like what you heard, understood what you heard, you still push in. See, that's what has to happen in our lives. He's looking for the people that, that, that are, are, are going to seek him so he can bless them, empower them. That's what bless means. Then he said, these things are done in parables. Why? That seeing they may see, but they might not perceive. That hearing they may hear, but not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. He said, lest at any time. Tells me right there that he's wanting to get this revelation to you so that whatever you're going through, you can get victory by hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. But there are us that just come into a thing and we don't do it. We don't get it. He said unto them, verse 13, if you don't know this parable, then how will you know all parables? This is the granddaddy of them all, is said. He's showing you principles here. Principle one, seek God. Principle two, hear what he said. Now he's going to go on and delineate that. Watch this. He says, verse 14, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word, word is sown. But when they heard the word, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Okay? Jesus is telling you how it works. You, you, you want to be able to, to be prepared for the battle? Well, then the battle is for the... Come on, let me give you that now. The battle is for the word. It's not because of you. Okay, he's going to say that. Watch this. Watch this. These are they, verse 15, which are sown by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away that word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, but so endure but for a time, that afterward when affliction, persecution, arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which sown among thorns, 
such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Okay? There's only five things that the enemy can use to get the word out of your heart. What are they? He cited them right here. It says that it is affliction, persecution. And the affliction and persecution only arises for the word's sake. It's not because you are so this or that. It is only because of persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake. In other words, the devil wants to uh, uh, take your eye off of the promise that was just given by the word. He wants to get in between you and the word. Persecutions and afflictions arise, he says, for the word's sake. All right? I want you to get that. You're, 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 you're not attacked. Okay, okay, okay. You're not attacked just because are you trying to be holy. You are attacked because you heard the word that makes you holy. Okay? He's coming for the word. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't give us that much credence. Okay? He wants the word because the only thing that's going to defeat him is going to be the word. It's not going to be you being bad just because you got saved. It's going to be the word that you can use because you got saved. Okay? I'm trying to get you to, to be prepared for the battle. This is what's going to happen, guaranteed. The sower soweth the word and immediately. Okay? The, he came to, the, Satan comes to steal the word. That was sown in their heart. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, these are the other three, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in. Okay? Persecution, affliction, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. That's it. There's nothing else the devil can use. He can use combinations of all of these, but that's it. You can find it if you would spend time being alone with him. He will then show you that, okay, uh, what you're looking, what you're dealing with is a care of this world. I need to, I need to pay my bills. Well, he knew that. He wants to take care of that for you. But the word that he gave you that says, my God shall supply all, all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, well, he comes to steal that word because of affliction, persecution, the lust of other things entering in, cares of this world. You see how he doesn't have another battle plan. That's all the devil can use. Jesus has revealed the battle plan of the enemy right there. And if you would purpose that you're not going to allow him to steal the word that was sown in your heart, because every time faith comes, every time faith is spoken, faith enters. Faith comes. Amen. As faith is spoken. I didn't say as philosophy is spoken, and I'm not mad about philosophy. But faith didn't come through philosophy. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can have faith in something. You can try to uh, uh, piggyback off of uh, your, your parents' faith, okay? And uh, for there's a time that God would allow that because he's still honoring their prayers for you. 
But then there comes a, a day of reckoning when their prayers are no longer going to get you over. You're going to have to ask thou faith, have it unto yourself before God. You're going to have to do that. See? So, then he says, um, they're sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the feebleness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. He, okay, there's a process there. Did you just catch that? It said the word sown becometh unfruitful because of the attacks of the enemy. Why does it become unfruitful? Go back into it and dig this out. He says, because other things are now in the heart pushing the word out. It says, they were sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in. Choke the word. You are overcome by fears, frustrations, and anxieties, and those fears overcome the promise of victory that you've already heard. You spend more time dealing with the, the, the fears and, and, and anxieties than you do with the promise. Please note, he said that um, the word was spoken, okay? These are they, the sower soweth the word. He did not sow an opinion, okay? Because you can hear someone else and you can chime in to their opinion. And you go with that and say, well, this must be right because they said. I always ask the question, who is they? Generally in our lives, they and them are people we never even met. But we will listen at them because their opinion we hold in high esteem, and we don't yet hold the word in high esteem because the sower sows the word. Amen. See? And then he asks us questions about what are we doing with that word. Sometimes we hide it under, we hide it under a bed. Or we look at it, put it on the camera. Look at what he said. Come on, just so you can see this. And it says, verse 20, These are they which sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. And then he asked us a question about the teaching, about the word. He said, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? He asks you then, is it supposed to be something that's, that's, that's unseen, put under a bushel, under a, a, a bed? Uh, the, only time, <clears throat> the only time that you would utilize something that's hid under a bed is when you have been forced into a room and now the only thing that you have is what you put under the bed. Notice he didn't give you the word to hide it immediately. Upon giving you this word, he said, is it supposed to be hidden? It says it's supposed to be displayed, lived out. Amen. 
that, that, that you're supposed to be able to, to, to see things coming and now know what your response is going to be. My response is not going to be just for me to hide. I'm, a, I'm ashamed of. No, no, no. I'm, I'm putting it on a candlestick so everybody can see. My faith should be on display. Amen. According to just what he just said, the hundredfold, the hundredfold return on the word he said should be on display, set on a candlestick. Light up the lives of other people. For there is nothing here that will not be manifested. Neither is there anything kept secret that it should come abroad. Again, if you have ears, please hear. Okay? He says, and take heed how you hear. For what measure you measure it, which means it shall be measured to you. So if I thought it was important and impactful, then I'm going to operate as if it was important and impactful. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm going to allow it to mold and shape my life. So things that I used to do, things that I used to display, I'm not going to display any longer. I'm going to put the word that's active in my life on display. Because that's the measure that I've measured, that this word that I heard has to be seen in my life. Not I heard the word and I'm just going to hide it so nobody knows. I'm, I don't need to be an undercover Christian. I, I'm going to say it and display it and tell people that now I have a different way of thinking. Right? Because the way I measure it is the way it's going to be measured. He connected this. These words are, are not spoken as idle words. He connected it. He said that there's the ability to get 30, 60, and 100-fold. And then he said, is this word that I gave you supposed to be hidden under a bushel or under a bed? They're connected. Okay? So, so it's not just about saying to people, you know, I got saved that night. No, it's showing people the salvation that you just received by that word. Otherwise, you're hiding it under a bushel, okay? Under a bushel would be a place of collection, wouldn't it? You get the fruit out of the field and you put it in the bushel, a place of collection. So I only display my Christianity among Christians. When I get to church, now I can act holy. See, he's telling you, no, that's not the way this is supposed to be. As a Christian, you should put it upon a candlestick so everybody will know. Amen. That's the same exact promise that he told the children of Israel. Watch this. Deuteronomy 28. Just look at that. <laughs> Add all about it to just then. He, he wants you to be able to, 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 to show off his glory, release his glory. Deuteronomy chapter 28. <clears throat> just, just, just so that you kind of can see this. He makes promise to them that if they would hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord, verse 1 through 13, the verse of the, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 through 13. 
if they would hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord, to observe to do all his commandments, which he commanded this day, that the Lord would then set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And if you hearken to the voice of the Lord, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the fruit of that body and the fruit of that ground and of the fruit of that and of the increase of fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. You shall be blessed when you come in, you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against you one way, and flee before you seven. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thy settest thine hand to do. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he swore unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Then verse 10 said, And all of the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. The Lord shall make you plenteous and good in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear to thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hands. And thou shalt lend to many nations and shall not borrow. The Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. And if thou would hearken unto the Lord, the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee to do this day, to observe, to do them. You see, he wants his word in your life to be put on a candlestick. He said all of the people of the earth would see that you're called by the name of the Lord. And they'll be afraid of you. They'll they'll have you in a position of, of reverence. Not they'll be scared to come talk to you. They'll, as he went on to show this, this is what happened to the children of Israel. They went into battles, and the people say, no, don't fight against them because their God fights for them. See? The fame of the Lord would then go before you in everything. It, it, it'll work. Come on now. He said it would work wherever you go. If you go to the city, <clears throat> it'll work there. If you go to the field, it'll work there. Or if you go to work, it'll work there. See, he's saying every place that you go. The next book says to Joshua, everywhere, every place the soles of your feet were trod, I'm going to give it to you. See, the promises of God open up your life. They don't make your life worse. They make your life greater. You're going to be able to lean to many. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let's just make sure we see this. He says you'll be able to lean to many. Verse 12, the Lord shall open unto you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain to thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hands. Thou shalt lend to many nations and not borrow. See, the promises of God are, are, are not to be confined in, the, in your today. They're supposed to be able to go wherever you go and impact and effect change where you go. You will be able to lend unto many nations. Glory to God. He did not say many people. He said many nations. 
the, 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 the blessing of God and the glory of God is going to uh, impact nations on your behalf. Many on your behalf. Amen. See? But because we haven't prepared our heart, we, we decided that we're going to try to serve him with stony hearts. With, with, with hearts that are, 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 are overcome with cares of this world, lust of other things entering in. Unprotected heart. See? God wants us to, to, to be on, he wants his glory to be on display in our lives. See? So the first thing you got to do for uh, this overflow that's supposed to be in our lives is you have to count the cost. What does it take, Lord? You hear the you hear the promise, and you should ask the question. Okay, what does that mean, Lord? Spend some time talking to Him about it, because He said, "If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, then you will see these blessings overtaking you." So, what does it require, Lord? Oh, hearkening diligently unto the voice of the, well, I don't even know the voice of the Lord. So then how can God do the things that he just said he wanted to do if you don't know his voice? See? He, he, he wants you to be able to enjoy his blessings. They're going to come up on you and overtake you. The way I understand that, it is a be, it'll be more blessings that you are able to know what to do with. You become, oh, Lord, just please, Lord, it's almost too much, Lord. See? But that's what he wants to do. He wants, the Bible says, he wants to rejoice over you to do you good. And here we are being frustrated by circumstances that we find ourselves in because we didn't understand the battle plan. That the first thing I have to do is to count the cost. Lord, what do you want me to do to cause this flow to happen? I'm not doing this because I want stuff. I'm doing this because you promised it, and I want that flow to just be in my life. I'm not working up a blessing. I'm not even working on a blessing. I'm submitting for the blessing. This is your deal, Lord. You're the ones that said blessings would come up on me and overtake me. That tells me I'm not asking for this, that, or the other. This, that, or the other comes to me and overtakes me. Different position, isn't it? See? Therefore, I'm not trying to work up something. All I'm doing is preparing my heart to receive the blessings that will overtake. I got to count the cost. How do, I, how do I walk this out, Lord? I'm counting the cost. I, 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 he said they spent time with him, those that were with him. Everybody heard it. Anybody that was within earshot heard it. But he said to the ones that would take heed to what they heard. Because with whatever measure they measure that which they heard, that's how they're going to receive. See? They didn't go and just say, that sounds good, but I don't know what to do. When you hear something that sounds good, find out what is the cause for that. What did you say? 
These are they by the wayside where the word was sown. It's not a problem about the seed. We have an abundance of seed. The sower soweth the word. We have an abundance of seed. But did I do anything about the condition of my heart? Is it still stony? Okay. Is it still a crowded heart? These other things that have entered in, I haven't decided to clean out my heart. Because all of those things, cares of this world, lusts of other things that enter in, it says they will choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So do I have anything in my heart that, that would choke the word, Lord? I'm counting the cost. See? I'm looking at it and say, okay, you said it. That's what I, that's what I expect in my life. See, because my preparation, it causes me to be able to have an expectation. Okay? But if I did no preparation, then I have very little expectation. Because the measure that you meet, the measure that you measure with what you hear, that's what you're going to get. So if I have no preparation, then it's going to come up just like they did. It, it, it came up quickly, immediately. They received the word with gladness, but it could not endure. Why? Because there was no preparation. It had no root. See? All of the hard stuff in my heart stopped it from being able to go in there and take root. No preparation. Low expectation. See? And then because I have low expectation, I'm just, I'm just trying to connect these dots. If I don't have proper preparation, then I'll have low expectation, and I won't know what I'm observing. I won't know what's happening because my observation is established by my preparation. If I've applied my heart and if I've, I've, um, if I've decided to, to turn over the things that were in my heart, if I've decided that I'm going to break up my fallow ground, now I can know that God's word can have a richer, deeper penetration to my heart. So my expectation now See, look at that, look at that, look at that. When the sea can go down deeper, my expectations can go down deeper. See? I'm not de- I'm no longer, ooh, glory to God, glory to God. I'm no longer living as a surface Christian. Because remember, they had, they heard the word with gladness, but they had no depth of earth. See? They had no root. They came up. So I don't have to live like a surface Christian. Amen. Boy, I hope you heard that. That was good. See, a lot of people live life as a surface Christian. Stuff comes to them, and the thing that God wants them to be established in, it just bounces off. They're surface Christian. If it's going good, then they, they are good. If it's not, they don't know how to endure. Surface Christians. But he wants us to to dig deep. Glory to God. See? Become those that are fully persuaded. We've got to count the cost. In Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 32, count the cost. 
What does it take, Lord? Verse 28 says, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and count the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish? So he's asking you to, to take time along with him. Count the cost. What does that require, Lord? I, I'm not going to be mad about uh, giving up this or that. I just need to know my expectation when I dig deep and get do these steps here. He's giving me all the information that I'm going to need. See? But if we didn't spend time saying, okay, I intend to have a good life. So what does it cost? Jesus paid for the good life. But I have to learn to hear him so that I can enjoy what he said. If I'm going to spend more time listening to uh, information from uh, secular friends that don't have a relationship with God, but, but have found a way to enjoy the good, it doesn't last. Because the Bible says that kind of money, it, it's going to grow wings. Why? Because it had no root. I'm enjoying the party. But I'm not, ooh, that's a good term. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the party, but I have not planned my own party. Amen. Okay? Because when you plan the party, you get to enjoy everything. You get to be a part of the smile that on other people's face because you planned to release that happiness and joy. Instead of just being one that's going from party to party and having planned your own. Living surface Christianity. Here, there, and everywhere. Being rooted and grounded. Instead of you being the one that's always looking for the fun, you will be the one that releases the joy. Amen. You are the blessed one. See? The blessed man does things differently than the one that's always the question man. Why me? Why now? See, the blessed man doesn't have to worry about a why me. Because the blessed man knows that he has sufficient because he has counted the cost. Amen. Which of you build a tower, sit it now down first and count the cost whether he is sufficient to finish? Less happily if after he laid the foundation, he started on this path, he was not able to finish. And behold, all of the people then that saw it are going to talk about him. So notice, they didn't talk about him because they didn't like him. They talked about him because he did not count the cost. Okay? He, he didn't know how to get to the finish line. Well, it's supposed to be like this. What does it cost? It's good for you to be able to, to quote scripture. I got that. But have you counted what it's going to take for you to live scripture? Count the cost. Because Jesus said it this way. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it will be given you. He didn't say if you heard something. He said if you abide in me and my words abide 
in you, counter cost. What does it take for me to hold on to that promise, Lord? In the face of whatever is in front of me, what cost is it for me to hold on to that word? Am I going to deny you and take the opportunity of blessing away from my life? Or am I going to be fully persuaded like Abraham was? Proverbs chapter 4 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Don't just walk out there trying to make something happen that you did not get the wisdom or the understanding of. What is it going to cost? Okay. You mean I can no longer hang out and just go from party to party? If you want to live a life that gives depth of meaning, you can't live off as, as a surface Christian any longer. Looking for a good time here and a great experience there, but rather become the one that releases the good. That's what Jesus did. The Bible says he went about doing good. Yeah. See, he did things all purpose for purpose, by purpose. See? Where he went, he can affect change because he he brought the change to the place that he was. See? He had counted the cost. See? He had already known that this is what it takes. To, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we already knew that it's going to take faith to please God. So that I cannot just go from party to party, looking from experience to experience, looking for something to happen good. No, I have to be the one that releases it. Because without faith, I cannot please the one that sent me. See? He sent you to be a blessing. You were, you were called for such a time as this. See? But if we have a purpose that we're going to find out what it costs, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I would not sin against you. I found out what it costs. And a sin is not just my action. The better definition for sin is to be without a portion, to do without a portion. So I hide the word so that I will not come up short. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I didn't know what glory was in me, so I didn't do what the glory required. I fell short. But as I spend time with him, those that were with him, when he was alone, those that were with him, ask questions, and God begins to give, begins to give answers. Because he doesn't want you to be ignorant. He wants you to know. He wants to display his loving kindness in the earth through you. Every time, all the time. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to. Release through you his power. See? Well, yes, it's a, see, I, I said that you, you're here just so you can read it for yourself. Turn to uh, John chapter uh, 1. See? He wants to do this. This is the, 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 the script that he has for you. See? John chapter 1. Starting at verse 12. 
says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He gave you the power to become a son. The ability, authority to become a son, to, to, to begin to think from a different perspective. You're not thinking like a beggar. You will think like a son because he gave you the power to become a son. Wow. Even those that believe on his name, those are not born of, of blood. So you don't have to have this by lineage. And if you don't have the proper lineage, you can't have this. He's throwing that out the window. Those that are not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. Well, I just need to do this. I just got to do this. No, he doesn't want you to do it that way. Or those that are uh, born of the flesh or of the will of man. But those that are born of God. Okay, let's say it this way. Let's just stay with the scripture he just wrote. Okay. He said, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Not by something that you did, but by that which you received, which was by the power of God. See, he takes it back. He's, he's going to do all the heavenly lifting. See, it says about Jesus that we all understood that his works were wrought in God. They were not things that, that he did because he wanted to. See? It says we understood that his works, all of his works, not just some of them, all of his works were those that were wrought of God. Because when you do it that way, then you ain't got to worry about if I qualified enough. See? If I'm good enough. All of my works, all of the things that Jesus did, it said that they understood that his works were wrought of God. See? You, you, don't, you don't have to, to try to prove it. See? I don't have to prove it. I, I do things by what God says I'm supposed to do. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. See? And, and, and you don't have to go out and try to, you don't have to worry about being embarrassed because everything that's done is done because the Father is doing it. See? It, it's, it's easy to function from that perspective, isn't it? See? Because I'm not trying to prove nothing to you. Okay? All I'm doing is functioning as one that has received power to become. And then watch this. He says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. See, you have to make the word tangible. And the word became flesh. You have to make the word tangible in your life. See? And as you make the word tangible in your life, then we will behold the glory of God. 
we'll get to see it. See? And the word dwelt among them, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, but that's all Jesus. That's just for Jesus. Verse 16. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Yeah, Jesus was the forerunner. He did it so you can do it. To as many as believed on him, to them he gave the power to become sons, heirs, joint heirs, not sub-heirs, okay? joint heirs. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God, but he didn't go about making himself a reputation. And because he didn't, God gave him a name that was above every name. And he gave us the same name. He calls you son. Okay. We've got to, to, to get to this place where this is how you prepare for the battle. Because when you prepare this way, you get to win. Right? If you don't prepare this way, then you're just going to be struggling. There was a thing that uh, a pastor told me. He says, when you count the cost, then you can have uh, what, what he called the five Ps. Proper preparation because it prevents poor performance. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. The reason that you didn't do what you thought you were supposed to do or thought you were supposed to get, the reason that didn't happen is because you didn't prepare accurately. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. See, you can know what you're going to do. You can know how you're going to win because you prepared for this. You dug for this. See? You hid the word in your heart, and then that place that has been uh, carved out, that, well, we call it the God hole. Well, what have you done to prepare the God hole for your victory? Let God live big in you. Let him live big through you. Do what John the Baptist did. I must decrease. You must increase. It's not all about me. It's all about you. So I allow you to be big, live big in me. Because if you live big in me, God, then I will enjoy good. Because all of my works will be wrought in God. I mean, it's really that simple and that difficult because we're not accustomed to the sacrifice that's necessary. We want God to just pour our blessings because he causes the rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah, and that's true. But as you begin to allow him to live bigger in you, he gives you different possibilities because now your steps are ordered 
of the Lord. Yeah. See, the other people just walk around trying from party to party. They are just surface Christians living, trying to find the experience over here, maybe over here, instead of walking as sons, walking in purpose. This is what you said to me. So then I go and enjoy that. I didn't even understand that I wanted that. That's why you're supposed to delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will then give you the desires of your heart. They come from him. Now he will bless my mess. We should stop thinking and trying to get God to bless our mess. See? We should learn countercost, learn what it takes for us to walk holy, walk upright. Why? Because he will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Yeah, people are walking all over looking for all the good they can. I got that. But he said, I will not withhold anything from those that walk uprightly, those that walk according to my purpose. See, you can make, that's what he told Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. For then thou, that thou mayest observe to do all that's written therein, for then thou shalt do something. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. See, I don't have to just go out and hope for it. I can go out and make my way prosperous. Every place the soles of your feet shall tread. I've given it to you. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Okay? We can make our way prosperous. With that kind of thinking, you just minimize every possible attack that would ever come to you. Because when it starts, you will already know. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. This is my heritage. And my righteousness is of God. He said that. So I minimize everything. Because as soon as I see a weapon that's formed, it's got to stop. It cannot prosper because I walked in the favor that he's already made available. He gave me the power to become son. Son don't have to go and, well, I wonder if the king want me to have that. A son does not have that kind of conversation. A son would rather say, he's my father, the king. I am them likened unto a king. Because we have, we've been living far beneath our privileges as sons. He will not withhold anything that's good from those that walk upright. Walk in the understanding of whose they are. Not who they are, whose they are. I'm a king's kid. It changes everything. Okay. I don't have to walk in, in questions. I can walk in authority. Glory to God. He gave them the power to become sons. And we have received of his fullness. Not we received of the leftovers. We have received of his fullness. Grace for grace. See? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. So if I'm having things 
uh, in my life that, that don't seem to be right or don't seem to be working, then that tells me one thing right quick. I did not do my proper preparation. See, I didn't break up my fallow ground. I didn't cause my heart to be ready to receive. See? I had, I'm still dealing with the cares of this world, the lust of other things, the deceitfulness of riches. They keep creeping in. I don't even recognize when they creep in, but I know they're in because I'm not flowing in the abundance that he promised. They came in and they made the word of none effect. They made it become unprofitable. So we do our due diligence to have the proper preparation done in our lives. When you, when you, when you hear a promise and you kind of choke on the promise, all that means is you need to continue to chew on that promise to make more room in your heart. Expand your territory. Stop dealing with, uh, but what if, you know, sheep don't butt, goats butt. Sheep simply go into the, the field that is prepared for them by their shepherd, and they enjoy. Come on, y'all. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on. See, sheep don't butt. They just go into the field that the shepherd has led them to. If the shepherd has led you to this field, the good shepherd has led you to this field, then you should know that everything I need is going to be in this good field. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, let's just go over there. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Psalm 23, come on. Glory to God. Wow. See, when I understand how God has already made me and then provided for me, because he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, who is my provider. So since he's already provided for me, then I can go and enjoy his provisions. The Lord is my shepherd. It's personal here, isn't it? Come on. See? It's, it's the, even though he causes this to rain on the just and the unjust, the Lord is more than just a provider for rain. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in what? Green, fertile pastures. If the Lord brought me to it, then this is a green, fertile pasture. I, I'm not I'm not in a pasture that just barely has enough for me today. It's a green pasture. It is plush. It has plenty. Because the Lord is my shepherd. And my thinking is I shall not want. See? This place that he's put me in is not a place of want. It's not a place of frustration. It's not a place of question. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. I ain't got to fight for the stuff that I need. My waters are still. When I see something that is in a still water, I don't have to try to figure out no way to get to it. I can just basically reach in and get it because the waters there are still. If I'm a fisherman, 
the, 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 the waves are not hiding my fish. My fish are easy to see because the waters in front of me are still waters, not agitated waters that I got to go in, and I'm frustrated because of the motion of the waves. I go in to waters that are still. God has positioned me so that I can enjoy the sweatless life because that's the way he made man. When he made man, man did not have to sweat. It's only in chapter 3 that we found after the sin that God says, now you shall live agitated by the sweat of your brow. But as I make God my shepherd, he makes me to lay down beside still waters. And in that place of abundance and still waters, now God gets to go to work. He now can restore my soul so that I'll think this way all the time. That I won't be frustrated about whatever's in front of me because I'm meditating on the God that is my shepherd and then I cannot be in the position of war. I won't fear what the what the devil set up. See? Because I'll know that 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 as I meditate on him, as I allow him to be big in my life, as I allow him to be my guard, my shepherd, I shall not want. He restoring my soul, causing me to be able to think accurately, causing me to be, be able to remember his promise. And as I remember his, thank you, sir. As I remember his promise, then I'll remember his personality. See, when I forget the promise, I generally forget the personality of God. I forget whose I am. But when I know he's my shepherd, then I can remember his promise and I'll understand his personality. He's the God of love. He's the God of life. See, I'll remember that. I'll then function under that umbrella. He leads me. With a soul that is restored, my steps now become more sure because he leads me in the path of righteousness. Come on, y'all. See? I, I, we were going to have, this is part of counting the cost. I'm doing this before I even come out of the, of the, of the prayer crawl. I'm doing this in the place where God is telling me. Because the name of the Lord is a strong power, and the righteous run in, and they are safe. And in that place of safety, he begins to speak to me, direct me. He restores my soul because I'm by the still waters in a fruitful pasture. I think from that. See, I don't think from lack. Glory to God. I don't even think from lack. I think from me being in a place of abundance, a green pasture with still waters. I think from that as he restores my soul. Then he leads me in the path of righteousness, in the path of the way things ought to be. That's what righteousness means. It means the, 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 the view of a thing as it ought to be. 
I begin to see what God already intended for me. I don't look at what the devil has in front of me anymore. I look at what God has intended for me. That he said, if I would hearken diligently unto his voice, blessings would come upon me and they would overtake me. That I'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. God would command his blessings upon me in all that I set my hand to. I'm not thinking about lack. I'm not questioning God and his favor that he has in my life. He crowned me with it. It was not my earning that caused that. He crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. He crowned me with favor and grace. So with understanding that's what he does, I don't think about what I don't have. I can't find that thought anymore because he's restored my soul, the place where thoughts register, my mind, my will, and my emotions. That's in my soul. He restores that so that I think about the goodness of God, and I see, I expect to see that goodness in the land of the living. I begin to, to, to meditate on, he said, I'm more than a conqueror. And more than a conqueror tells me that I didn't have to go out and fight for it. I simply was on the winning team. I am now more than a conqueror. Jesus did it all. He said it's finished. He did not say, I did my part, now you do yours. He said it's finished. See, and I'm restoring my so I'm allowing him to restore my soul, my thinking, so that I know that, wait a minute, whatever I'm facing, I'm already starting in victory. Counting the cost. I have to do this in advance. You do these things before the trouble starts, so that when the trouble comes up, I'm already at peace. Jesus was in the back of the boat asleep in the midst of a storm. Why? Because he had already told them, let's go over to the other side. And they was all, what is this? I can't stand it. What's happening? And then Peter said, Master, do you not care that we perish? And Jesus rose, and he rebuked the wind and the seas, the storm and the seas. And he asked him a question. He said, how is it that you have no faith? Because the sower sows the word. I've already told you these things. But because of the cares of this world and the lusts of other things and the deceitfulness of riches, because of persecution and affliction, you have abandoned the word and then you come into me as if I'm lying to you. Do you not care that we perish? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Restores my soul. And he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Every step that we take as we understand the, the God that called us, then we'll know that he has positioned me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake so that he will not be talked about as a God that abandoned his people. I'm walking in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yeah, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Okay, wow, y'all. <clears throat> David said, his rod and his staff comforts me. The rod is um, represents the authority, and that would be for us his word, because he's upholding all things by the word of his power. That's his rod. And his staff that comforts is the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost that is received by you and lives in you, and then that staff of the God that loves you is going to comfort you as your soul is restored. If not, then what you'll look for is you'll look for his hands to move rather than his word to be heard, his spirit to then guide. You'll look for his hands. David said his rod and his staff comfort me. He didn't say his hands and things comfort me. He said his rod and his staff, his authority and his spirit. That's what comforts me. That's what makes me know that it's going to be okay because the promise was given. And every promise that is given has five T's that it works with. Okay? Every promise has purpose, power, provision, and prophecy. Every promise has that. That's what comforts me. His authority, his rod, and his staff, his spirit. Because his word and his spirit agree as one. So that's what comforts me. Because I'll know that whatever I'm facing, I have a promise to get to the victory that's for my life. I have that promise. And his spirit then comforts me that that promise is going to take place. Because every promise has purpose, power, provision, and prophecy. Just because I didn't know did not mean that the provision was not there. It would better be understood is that I didn't know where to get it, but it was there. All of the promises of God are yes, and in him they are amen. It didn't say all of the promises will be. It says all of the promises of God are. See? So I let his word that has already been spoken over my life, I let that promise soothe me. By the Spirit. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And notice, it was only the shadow of death. It wasn't even death itself. Just the shadow of it. How many of us have been frustrated in life and, and just the shadow of a thing? The, 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 the lie that says, well, this is going to happen. See? That's just the shadow of the thing. It says, I will feel no evil because you because he's with me. His rod and staff covered me. And mm, look at this, look at this, look at this. And because of that, because I'm thinking this way, notice what he said. Good God Almighty, y'all, this is so good. He said, if I allow my soul to be restored and I think the right thing, that I know that I'm going to walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake then I would allow his rod, his authority, and his spirit to comfort me that now I'm looking for something else. He's going to do what? Prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemy. 
Here we are thinking about all of the stuff that's going wrong rather than allowing his rod and staff to comfort me so that I can now see into the prophetic that every promise has. He said, you will prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. Come on, y'all. See, with this kind of thinking, as I prepared for the battle, I already know I win. Then he says, not only are you going to prepare a table before me, you're going to anoint my head with oil because my cup is running over. Surely, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. He he wants us to, to be able to enjoy the good that, that 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 he's promised us. Because every promise comes with a purpose, power, provision, and prophecy. If I would do my part to have proper preparation that would prevent the poor performance, I won't give in, cave in and quit. I will know that I am ordained to walk in the steps of victory, to walk in the steps of righteousness, because that's where he's leading me for his name's sake. The choice is yours. Your way or God's way? Your sweat or God's grace? He's waiting on you today. Father, we just thank you and bless you for every opportunity that we have to come into your presence, for in your presence is the fullness of joy. Thank you, Father, that we expect victory because we have the proper preparation. We've dug and come to the place where the revelation that we've dug into gives us the promise of victory, the prophecy that you've given unto us. We commit it to you that was done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, as we always do, we give you the opportunity to uh, make any comments or uh, ask any questions that you might have had uh, about the ministry uh, today. So I'm going to, well, we're okay. Well, let's see. We have one more still left here. <laughs> um, uh, area code 404. Five three six seven eight two nine. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Four four five three six. Go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to thank you for helping us get our week started, and uh, it was beautiful. I loved it. Amen. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's good. I I love it because I get to hear it same time y'all do it. I tell y'all, this is not something that's. uh, you know, something that I, I, I practice and wrote down just so I can uh, quote it. I, I, it's alive yes. in me that way. So I'm so glad. Amen. So thank you again for Praise being on God. the call. Amen. And um, I would say to those that, 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 that are on the call that um, because I have some on the uh, other side, on the uh, not on the phone side, but on the computer, uh, the website, that, that if you would, if this has been a blessing to you, that you would go to the Donate tab. That's on livesdeliverance.com. Just find the Donate tab and allow God to tell you what seed he would have you to give here at livedeliverance.com. Also, if you will tell your friends how they can listen and participate 
on the broadcast here on Monday evenings at 9 o'clock. And they can also uh, be sharing in the goodness of God as he continues to reveal himself to us in a mighty way. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Until the next time that we get together, looking for you next Monday. Love y'all. Be blessed.